19 points, no problemo, even for us to kick off part two of covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the JMU Duke. With Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, it's our pleasure to have you back in the fast lane once again, even though we keep up with your observations regularly at Shane underscore DNR Sports on Twitter. How different was this win for JMU erasing a 19-point deficit at Georgia Southern for a resilient road victory? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was big because of something that they haven't had to do a lot of is play from behind or or, or face a lot of adversity in in a game, you know, especially against a team that you know they were pretty much expected to beat to begin with, and then you get down and you see how they respond to that. So I think that was pretty. It was a pretty big one in that regard, just because it was a different kind of test that you. A lot of times, this point in the season, you're not seeing things you haven't seen before. What does it say about the fact that this team looks like they're locked in? And heading toward the Sun Belt tournament. Yeah, I mean they've got a win streak going. Um, like you said, I think they're locked in. I think they, um, you know, maybe not uh, being totally locked in the first half of that Georgia Southern game. Notwithstanding, I think you know they've been playing consistently well for for several weeks now, which is what you want in February as you get closer to March. Shane underscore DNR Sports for Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News record, and you also wrote last week at DNR Online about the impact particularly of Terrence Edwards uh, and what he's done to help build this roster which has been so successful for the JMU Dukes. How much yeah. of an impact has that been? I was just going to ask in, in your point, how much of an impact has it been that Coach Byington has given the freedom to his players to help in that evaluation process given the transfer portal and how that works? Yeah, I mean, I think it probably helped with the chemistry as far as, you know, they've had guys who stepped in and were really part of this team right right away. They also had, you know, it, it was, you know, they get to go overseas every, what, four years, I think, and this happened to be the year they did, and that, that trip probably helped with that too. But um, they knew Terrence Edwards was going to be probably their, their main guy on offense, um, the, one of the leaders coming back, and, and they got his input on who he wanted to play with had him in with some film sessions during the off season to watch guys in the portal. And he had a lot of influence on guys like TJ Bickerstaff coming to JMU. Pivoting away from that to something you mentioned as well. And a lot of JMU fans might bat the eye about this, but the news today that Jeff Jones, who was stepping away from ODU's job, had done that a couple of weeks ago due to a lot of health reasons and unfortunate for the former UVA guy uh, who stepped away at ODU. But you mentioned that that's actually uh, maybe the best job in the Sun Belt as a whole for the conference. Care to elaborate on why that at ODU, maybe more than JMU, is the best job in the conference? Well, I mean, one major thing is, you know, look at them. They're, they're in la- they've been in last place in the Sun Belt most of the season, and they lead the conference in attendance. I mean, if they had a decent team, they'd be, they'd be selling out every night. And, you know, part of that is because their fans and alumni are right there in town. You look at, like, a JMU or an App State or somebody um, – you know, they have a tough time getting people to come on weekdays because their fans are coming from two, three hours away. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of corporate support in town. There's no pro teams in a very big market. Um, it's just there's a lot going on, a lot at ODU that gives them advantages. Really nobody else in the Sun Belt has. 
Shane, great insight, great work. DNRonline.com and it's Shane underscore DNR Sports for all the insight you share. Appreciate yours today here in the Fast Lane. All right, thanks. Now to the Radford Highlanders with the voice of the Radford Highlanders, Rick Watson, who is back with us yet again here in the Fast Lane. Rick, is cathartic too strong of a word to describe the last couple of days for Radford, the 90-74 to victory at Gardner-Webb, and then pulling out their second victory of the year against Longwood, 88-82, this past Saturday, where finally it looked like they broke out of their slump? Yeah, no doubt. No, I think cathartic is a perfect word. I believe that this team, um, you know, it was interesting uh, down at Gardner-Webb, you know, we've been uh, really struggling offensively, as you and I discussed last week, and they go for 90. And then afterwards, Justin Archer, a player of the game, posted his sixth double-double of the year. And he just said, Rick, we just sat down as a group and said, we're not going out like this, you know, we're just not going to keep on losing. It's unacceptable. So, uh, you know how it is when the coaches tell you something, sometimes you may not uh, take it in as you will when one of your peers does the same thing. So leadership has stepped forward, and it's something we talked about here on your program that needed to have happen, and let's hope it carries through here in the last week of the regular season. 17 assists in the win against against Longwood this past Saturday. Uh, what is that? Combined with a 16-point road win a couple days earlier at Gardner-Webb, what does that say about the fact that even though this team has struggled a lot, they have stayed connected and it's shown out in a big way, particularly on the scoreboard? Well, it shows that the guards have a, a better understanding of this newer version of the motion offense that's been instilled. And the more they run it, um, the more execution that the coaches are hoping for here down the stretch. So um, there's no doubt that this group as a whole, what was important, the players never started pointing fingers at one another during the losing skid. And now they feel like they've turned a corner. So, um, you know, you get a win on Wednesday, you know you're not going to be locked into any kind of play-in game, but you can start the quarterfinals the following Friday in the tournament. So there's still a lot to play for here this final week. There is, and we'll be tuned in, of course, to Radford Highlanders basketball on the VTRN Roanoke app as they get ready to wrap up the regular season starting at 6.30 p.m. this coming Wednesday at Charleston Southern and then 1.30 p.m. on Saturday, Senior Night against UNC Asheville. Although Senior Night is abbreviated because it's Senior Day with a 2 p.m. tip. <laughs> Rick, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. We'll keep listening and look forward to seeing if the Highlanders can stretch out this win streak. All right, guys. Appreciate you as always. Go Highlanders. Rick Watson with us here in the Fast Lane. And last but not least, or maybe least, NASCAR. With Tanner Marler making his debut from FrontStretch.com. Tanner, a pleasure to have you in the Fast Lane. What a way to get your debut going in the Fast Lane, recapping one of the more iconic races that we've seen in NASCAR. Three-way finish, photo finish at Atlanta. When did you realize that Daniel Suarez had won? Well, you know, Ed, it's kind of funny. When we were at the track, we obviously had three of us there. It was uh, Stephen Stump, Brad Harrison, and myself. I was coming from the Enfield Care Center. And if you've ever been to Atlanta Motor Speedway, the Enfield Care Center is in the exact same spot it was way back in the 90s. It's so far from the Media Center and Pitt Road. So I was waiting Josh for Josh Berry to get out of the Enfield Care Center. And then I was watching the finish uh, live and then through a, a Fox television set that they had sitting up at the Enfield Care Center and saw it there and ran as fast as I could uh, up to Pitt Road. What a crazy finish it was indeed for Daniel Suarez. How much does this take the pressure off of him as he enters the remainder of this season, knowing he's locked into the playoffs and quite possibly securing his ride for next year as well? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because we talked about in the uh, post-race press conference, uh, Daniel was actually quite open about the fact that the narrative going into this season was that this is a make-or-break year for him, that he could very well be on the hot seat over uh, with his team. But nonetheless, he goes out and gets the win in Atlanta. And like you said, it's a huge weight off any driver's shoulders to be locked into the playoffs this early. I think that it bodes well for Daniel and his team going forward. And without that weight, uh, I think that without that added pressure, you're going to see a lot more uh, competitive runs out of this team. Tanner Marler, frontstretch.com with us here in the fast lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGM AM Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna Danville Southside. Tanner, we'll wrap it up on this topic when it comes to NASCAR. How much momentum does NASCAR regain from the Atlanta race in lieu of the Daytona 500 being moved from Sunday to Monday and the resulting, yet predictable, drop in viewership? Yeah, well... It's a tough ask because with with NASCAR starting off essentially with their Super Bowl Super Bowl with the 500, all eyes are obviously on Daytona. But to follow it up with such an electric Cup race and an electric finish and what was an otherwise dismal weekend from Atlanta Motor Speedway is going to be huge for the sport. I think I believe that maybe not all of the eyes that would have been on Vegas if Daytona would have gone swimmingly will be, but a good portion of them will still be glued to the television next Sunday. We will indeed, and we'll be glued to frontstretch.com for the insight from Tanner Marler and all of his Front Stretch colleagues, including Trey Lyle with the Happy Hour Podcast. I just got to plug my guy Tanner out here. Also, if you want some breaking news on NCAA College 25, follow my guy right here. He's He he might be cooking some stuff up with that, too. Just, just got to get my guys, all my guys' beats. Well, that's very good to know, Trey. I mean, I'm not a video game guy, but I know a lot of our listeners are much bigger into that, and therefore it's worth their making sure to follow Tanner Marler at Tanner underscore Marler on Twitter for that potential breaking news. Tanner, it's our pleasure to have you in the fast lane. Welcome for the first time and hopefully not the last. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Tanner Marler with us here to wrap up the fast lane. Now it's time to go live, but not to the Zach Elb show, just to whatever... CBS. The JR Sports Brief. Yes. They, they, it's permanent now. It is. Thank you, Trey. The JR Sports Brief, I should be paying attention, but if I'm getting calls at my dad at 6.01 to call him and to, to drop everything and go visit him on short notice for non-emergency news, yes, I swear that happened last week. You might get a story later in the fast lane. It's the most ridiculous thing imaginable. And by the way, my dad and I are on much better terms, but sometimes he has his ridiculous, quirky moments, and this was one of them. Hey, Ed, I'd like to go home now. Okay, well, we're out of here. I'm in trouble. Uh, if you want to follow what's going to transpire next, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, to make fun of me, Trey Lyle, VT, for more sane commentary, and join us again tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app or Fast Lane, Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts.